Hey, it's Marissa, and you are listening to From Boise. Today's story is about a bridge that you may know, or maybe not. This bridge is turning 100 this year, so we are exploring its history and musing a bit about its future. Enjoy. Happy birthday to the Invisible Bridge, written by Sharon Fisher and read by me, Marissa. Quick, where is the trestle bridge? Don't feel bad if you don't know. It kind of flies under the radar. For a bridge, that is. Even the people who know this bridge aren't really sure what to call it. Depending on where you look and whom you ask, it could be the Red Trestle Bridge, the Trestle Bridge, the Oregon Shortline Bridge, the Union Pacific Bridge, the Boise River Greenbelt Truss Bridge, the Railroad Trestle Bridge, or just the Red Bridge, which isn't really that helpful. But whatever you call it, it's the Red Steel Truss Bicycle and Pedestrian Bridge that's part of the Greenbelt. It crosses the Boise River just before Garden City. You can actually see it from the connector just as you're coming into downtown. It would be on your right. And this year, it's celebrating its 100th birthday. How the Trestle Bridge came to be. Like so much of Idaho's historic infrastructure, the bridge came by way of the railroad. And the bridge that's there now is actually not the original rail bridge. The first bridge at that site was built in 1893, and it was made out of wood. Dan Everhart, who is the outreach historian for the Idaho Historical Society, told us, quote, The whole point was to access what we think of as downtown Boise. The Transcontinental Railroad didn't touch Idaho, instead going through Utah and Nevada. So from 1869 to 1883, Idaho essentially had no rail access, end quote. In 1883, the Oregon Short Line was formed with the intention, as the name implies, of being the shortest route from Granger, Wyoming to Portland, Oregon. Geography being what it is, that meant the railroad would cross southern Idaho. Everhart told us that Boiseans expected it to come into town and serve the city of Boise, but the railroad said not so fast. Instead, the closest railroad station to Boise was in Cuna, and the railroad made other stops in Nampa and Caldwell. So, why didn't it come all the way into Boise? The railroad made the excuse that the grade coming off the bench was too difficult for the train to go all the way into Boise. But as Everhart said, quote, They'd come over the Rocky Mountains, they'd come over the expanse of southern Idaho, they crossed the Snake River, they went over hills and mountains. To say that it couldn't make it into Boise was nonsense. It was about the money, end quote. What he means by that is that some cities paid the railroad to stop in their communities, and Boise didn't do that. In addition, railroads were also granted easements all along their tracks, and railroad companies stood to make a lot of money by platting the land around those stops. So finally, 10 years later, Boise did get a rail connection, and it got a depot at 10th and Front Street, which created the need for a bridge. From 1893 to 1923, the wooden bridge served as the rail bridge. However, the rail line was not part of the main line. People had to come to Boise via Nampa. Everhart said that the train line eventually went as far as Barber Valley, but it was always a dead-end line. Finally, in 1925, Boise became part of the main line, at least to the extent that people didn't have to go to Nampa first. And that led to an upgrade of all the rail infrastructure in Boise. The Oregon Short Line took down the timber trestle bridge and replaced it with the steel bridge we see today. Construction of the steel bridge. The red trestle bridge saw little passenger service since the Boise Depot on the Hill opened in April 1925. So primarily, this bridge was used for moving freight. Needless to say, a bridge that's going to hold up a train and freight over water multiple times a day has to be pretty strong. Consequently, the trestle bridge was built using the standard of the day, which was Pratt trusses. As Everhart explained, quote, The whole point of a truss bridge is that it can span longer distances with this tinker toy assembled structure rather than a single piece of lumber or steel, end quote. The triangular structures on the side of the bridge provided a force that holds up the bridge, along with concrete piers that it rests on. The trestle bridge uses a Pratt truss as opposed to a Howe truss. 
The Pratt Trust was developed by Thomas Willis Pratt, who, incidentally, attended the same college as John Roebling, who is the guy that designed the Brooklyn Bridge. Anyway, the Pratt Trust was considered to be superior to the Howe Trust because, while both of them featured diagonal supports, the Howe Trust diagonals face toward the center, while Pratt Trust diagonals face away. That has the effect of spreading out the load more, and it requires less steel. The Trestle Bridge was built by the American Bridge Company, which at the time was the nation's leading bridge manufacturer. That company went on to build other way more well-known bridges, like San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge. Everhart noted that this bridge in Boise was a small project for them as a company. The end of the bridge. As automobiles replaced passenger trains and trucks replaced freight trains, the era of railroad in Boise was coming to an end. The bridge continued to provide access to the freight lines and the warehouse district of Boise until the rail line was abandoned. The branch line to Boise was scrapped in 1986, and later in the 1980s, the branch line railroad tracks running along Front Street were removed. But it's not quite as easy to do away with a steel truss bridge. Like in many other regions, railroad infrastructure gained new life as recreation pathways, and so too is the case for Boise's trestle bridge. By the early 1990s, the old steel railroad bridge was converted into a section of the Greenbelt. When it was used by the railroad, the bridge was silver. Then when the city took it over, they painted it red. In 2019, the Trestle Bridge got another boost when three Rotary Clubs, as well as several other organizations, got together and built Rotary Park, a pocket park on the Greenbelt right by the bridge. One aspect of this park is an interpretive sign about the bridge. So what makes the Trestle Bridge special? Well, the Trestle Bridge was never particularly noteworthy in its design or construction. As Everhart said, quote, It's not necessarily notable for engineering. It's a fairly common engineering type. At one point in time, a steel bridge was the de facto bridge construction technique, especially in the teens in the 1920s. Every bridge, highway or rail, was built as a truss bridge, end quote. What makes the trestle bridge noteworthy now is that these basic ubiquitous steel truss bridges are becoming increasingly rare. They've gradually been replaced by bridges that aren't made out of steel, instead using materials like concrete. Moreover, steel truss bridges like the trestle bridge stand to become even more rare in the few coming years. Not because there's anything wrong with them, per se, but based on the belief that they don't carry enough weight or that they're not wide enough. As Everhart said, quote, there's a huge push under Biden's infrastructure bills to replace huge numbers of these steel truss bridges. And while these have largely already been replaced on highway networks, ITD doesn't have many left, there are local and county highway districts that do still have them, and they're being replaced or funded for replacement in the next couple of years, end quote. Other similar truss bridges in Idaho that are still standing include the 9th Street Bridge in Boise, near Boise State and the Anne Frank Memorial. That bridge is also part of the Greenbelt, and it's on the National Register of Historic Places. There's also one in Caldwell, the Caldwell Road Bridge, and that will continue to be a bicycle and pedestrian bridge, although a concrete bridge is being built to replace it for automobile traffic. And between Lewiston and Clarkston, there's a 1930s steel truss bridge that actually goes up and down to accommodate river traffic. Everhart said Idaho only has one automobile bridge that moves, and it's that one at Lewiston. The State Historic Preservation Office is in the process of listing that bridge on the National Register, he added. The Red Trestle Bridge in Boise isn't on the National Register, but it could be. Everhart said it would be eligible, and he noted the only major change is in its use. It's no longer a rail bridge, but it's in the same location, and it serves a similar purpose, and the materials in the di- and the design have not changed. But it's in the same location and serves a similar purpose, and the materials and the design have not changed. Of course, a National Register listing doesn't protect a building, or a bridge, from modification, or even from demolition. 
But because there's not as much emphasis in the Biden infrastructure bills on investing in the railroad network, steel truss bridges on rail lines or former rail lines like the Trussell Bridge stand the best chance of surviving, especially since it's now a pedestrian bridge. Everhart said, quote, it just has to hold up a few hundred pounds worth of people, and it could probably do that forever. As long as they maintain it and paint it, it should be just fine, end quote. Special thanks to Sharon Fisher for writing today's story. You can read this story and see photos of the bridge by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter at FromBoise.com. And if you like the story, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.